0: Yo, Joaquin Morales here, owner of Battle Club Pro. This is my family, so you should definitely be listening to the Big Gold Belt Podcast.
1: What is up folks, we're back for episode 265 of the Big Gold Belt Podcast The whole team is here tonight We are on the other side of the world of WrestleMania It has gone, it has came in and it has gone And we have so much to talk about um, About our reactions to it um, Where do they go next and other things in the world of professional wrestling Uh, But before we do that, let's introduce everybody who's sitting at the table tonight Gentlemen, Jamal, how's it going? I'm pretty good, man, how are you? Good, good. Damien, how's it going down there in Texas,
2: boy? It's going beautiful, everybody. It's a ghost town, but I like it that way, so we're fine.
1: <laughs> Silly sellers, my man. How's it going? Man, everything's good on this and one day at a time. Right on, right on. And last but not least, Hill Will. How's it going, man?
3: Hanging in there like silly cells, just say we is taking this one day at a time these days. I feel like every every week we make it back here to this show, it's another seven days we can cross off the uh, <laughs> quarantine life. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows when we're coming out the other side of this, but but we're we're, we're still keeping on, keeping on. So we're all healthy and we're washing our hands that's no complaints right. there that's <laughs> right
1: hey hopefully everyone is doing good staying safe uh managing their time uh, effectively with, with with a lot of people having you know endless times on the hand and for all the essential people that's out there um definitely thank you for your contribution stay safe as well You're and uh, like you said hopefully you know this breezes by soon enough so we can uh Get back to whatever's going to be called the norm after this But uh, we're here to bring you some entertainment Something to listen to And uh, something to help your day goes by Whatever day you may think it is Whatever day we think it is We we're just got something we're going to drop for you to listen to um, A couple of announcements I want to make Before we get started for tonight uh, Number one, definitely check out the YouTube channel A bunch of content has dropped Something's dropping tomorrow um, My review for Dark Side of the Ring episode 3 uh, which dealt with Brawl for All. Um, That is live. Uh, we have an extended extra, we'll say, extra content show yesterday with uh, the folks of Battle Club Pro. Talked to them for a nice, strong two hours. So you got a bunch of good stories there, um kind of how they're uh, coping with the situation and also the postponing of Women Crush Wednesday. Uh, two, which was supposed to happen on a record date, uh, which is being pushed back to um, a further date because of the uh, pandemic, and then tomorrow you can check out my review for the, the uh, upcoming Netflix movie, The Main Event, uh, which is uh, featuring a 11 year old boy who wants to be a WWE superstar, comes across a, a magical mask and gives him superhuman abilities. And he uh, is uh, trying to live his best dream And becoming WWE superstars But while he's doing so He uh, meets with allies and of course foes And um, tons of WWE talent is all over that that project, The Miz, Keith Lee. Keith Lee is phenomenal in that in that movie. I gotta say, and um I don't know if you guys ever heard Keith Lee sing. Probably heard him rap because he does his interest things. But uh, yeah, he's a uh, he's definitely blowing his trombone all over that 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 uh that <laughs> film. Uh, Mia Yim is in it. A bunch of people's in it. So uh, definitely check it out. It's a good uh, family, heartfelt. Uh, very uh, funny movie I, I like to say that This movie, that movie is definitely This generation for what our generation No Hold Bars and uh, Royal Rumble Did for us It's that, it's that good movie that you're always going to be able to be like You know what, I'll put that in and I'll watch it I think, I think that that's what that's going to do For this generation So definitely check that out, it'll be dropping on a YouTube channel Tomorrow um, But other than that I think Oh I forgot about something else Definitely stay tuned next week Because even the folks on the, on the show Doesn't even know this one yet uh, Maybe Damien may have a hint But we'll see But um, there will be A special guest next week And uh, I've been wanting To talk to this person In a while and we kind of talked about Wanting to have this person On the show
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, But guys traveling All over the world And I I, I told him d- Distinctively yesterday Hey 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 We got to get you On this show man We we, we got things to talk about But uh, Ship Duncan 10 We'll be making an appearance on the show uh, next week. So definitely stay tuned to that. And if you want to know when, because we're still working on scheduling, the only way to find out is to make sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel and hitting that notification bell so that you get the alert for uh, when that is going to be scheduled. Oh, and last but not least, we say it all the time, you know, help us by, you know, keeping the likes on here. Definitely, you know, um, the Patreon page, hit that up, Um, get exclusive content early before everybody else exclusive things that only drop on there, and um more things to come and i usually direct you to our website and hitting the donation tab in order to do so but now you actually can go through it another way which you can um by visiting our soundcloud channel um there is a support the big gold belt podcast right on the right that you can click that takes you right there and that helps us uh keep this thing going as uh you know, we want to continue to bring you guys good content week after week. So um, I think I crossed everything off there. Um, that sounds about right. That
3: was quite the list. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. Will Well, I mean, there's only one thing I think we gotta start with. Like you said, when you opened the show, it we completed the road to WrestleMania. WrestleMania finally went down. The show that was too big for one night in whatever form you want to take it as. And I figure we got, we got to start with just a general thoughts and I guess feelings and reactions to what WrestleMania ended up being, since this was definitely a very unique show. So I think may, maybe way to go about this. Cause there was just so much and a lot of different stuff this year and a lot of stuff that we have not seen before. So when I say WrestleMania 36, Silly Sells, I'm going to start with you. When I say WrestleMania 36, what is the first thing that comes to your mind after those two nights of WrestleMania?
0: So the first is two things that come to my mind. The first thing is uh, cinema. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is if a crowd was there, the reaction would be blank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought about that on two specific aspects. And I know we'll deep dive into it later. Um, of course, the Undertaker AJ Styles bon- boneyard match. But what was more intriguing for me was the Firefly Funhouse match that happened on Sunday night. But then the biggest aspect after the first night that I really took heat up was watching Drew McIntyre's um, Chronicle. You yeah. know, that came on right after the first night. So I was really looking at it, and for the first time, I saw you know Drew McIntyre in a different world. So when then he ended up winning on Sunday night, the first thing I thought about was. If this was live with the reaction of a crowd, what would have happened? Mm -hmm. Um, So those are my two biggest takeaways. Not knowing what it would have been, we can't get that back, but I know they tried the best they could with the circumstance. But I know we'll deep dive into it later, but those are my quick initial reactions.
3: (laughs) All right, Mr. Damien down in the Lone Star State. First things you think of when WrestleMania 36 hits your mind.
2: Lunacy is one of the first (laughs) words that came to my mind because – one Rob Gronkowski is our 24-7 champion. I two about that. Yeah. Two, the Boneyard match, which was just beautifully, beautifully done. And then I had to re-watch the Firefly Funhouse match. And I, I even said it on Twitter. I didn't like it at first. I had to rewatch it twice. And I and, and we'll get into it deeper, like we said, but in regards to that match, I look at it how I saw Scott Pilgrim versus the World for the first time. <laughs> the first time I saw that movie, I said, "What? Am I am I too sober for this?" And then I went back and rewatched The Firefly Funhouse on people's suggestions, and after a second and third viewing, aha, I got it.
3: It took a few times for it to click.
2: <laughs> it really did. And 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 for me psychologically speaking, it was just it was something else. Let's just put it that way.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. The giant crab who always has the most interesting takes, I think. And, and, and I'm really looking to hear this <laughs> one. <laughs> well, well, WrestleMania 36. I'm, I'm not sure what you're about to lay on me. So let's hear <laughs> oh, it's it. It's going to
4: be good. So so are we, we said like the first thing that comes to mind, like one
3: word? Yeah. Well, no, just first thing. Well, what uh. is your first, first, first thing? You hear WrestleMania 36. What's the enduring memory? of WrestleMania 36 for you? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
4: I, I think um, the first thing that they did was, the first thing, that actually the biggest thing that stuck out to me was the fact that they didn't do anything. They didn't give it a set. They didn't, you know, do anything to the ring. They, they could have put graphics on the uh, actual ring, like WCW used to do. They could have, you know, actually built a set. That made sense. They could have done a lot of other things, and yet they chose—they chose to do nothing. Uh, it, that just—that's baffling. They took the big ass WrestleMania sign that's in the arenas, and then mm-hmm. they put that off to the side somewhere because you know, lest you forget. But they really didn't do anything to make it other than WrestleMania at the Performance Center. I mean, that's that's kind of the biggest thing um, for me, and unfortunately. The matches kind of were the matches. They did the show that they wanted to do anyway, and I think for the most part, aside from you know obviously certain talent not being there and stuff like that, they worked their show. They didn't really seem to adapt to the circumstance. They didn't really seem to change uh, to the circumstance. And it's like, the hell is this? And and you said like, okay, well kudos to them because they produced an offset um, uh, match. And then they produced another offset match. But the shows were laid out almost exactly the same between night one and night two. The only saving grace for WrestleMania is that they were digestible. They were three and hours, three and a half hours, something like that. And that's that's fine. But if it's WrestleMania, it shouldn't be just digestible. Was the show bad? No, I mean, it was okay. It wasn't the worst WrestleMania ever. But honestly, for as much time as they had to really just break open the entire crayon box, <laughs> they decided to do jack shit with it. And if they're going to say that, you know, you know, what what is it? I mean, this is this is the one chance. What do you do differently? I mean, do you fly in your entire roster by all the hotels near the performance center? Why not have it a full sale? Is Full sale nav- um available? If they can have it at the Performance Center? I mean, Full is physically a bigger arena. Could they not have rented the Orlando Arena uh, or the Amway Center in downtown Orlando and put on a bigger scale production and use it as a, uh, a set? I, I don't get it. Now, my personal bias is aside against certain participants. Uh, Randy Orton versus Edge, for example, was a fucking snore fest. Um, <laughs> but... but I'm, I will admit that I hate them both equally and want them to go all the way away. Strowman versus Goldberg made as much sense as Grant Orton versus, um, uh, what the hell is his name? Edge did it. Why put the title on Strowman? For what reason? You've never had confidence in him before, and now all of a sudden you do because Goldberg's a part timer What? A lot of it didn't make sense, and they really and as as creative as they are, as if ingenious as they can be, they really phoned it in, and that's just disappointing.
3: Ugh. <laughs> all right, we got a lot there. I would have expected nothing less. And we got to go all the way back around. Got to go to two chains. All right, two chains. WrestleMania thirty six. First thing that comes to mind.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know. What word, what one word comes to mind? But I know, like, that emoji, the little thinking emoji, the pondering emoji was definitely the one Dude. for me because, um, there was a lot of things that I got from it that I don't feel like got the attention they needed. I mean, to be honest, the, the first match of the night with, um, uh, who was it, uh, Drew no, Gulak and huh, the woman's tag match, oh, no, 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 no,
0: the pre show, Drew Gulak and Cesaro.
1: Yeah, Shuko Gulak and Cesaro absolutely an amazing display of wrestling that no one's going to talk about just because, you know, it's wrestling. <laughs> it's wrestling, exactly. None of the none of the sparkles or anything behind it. And at the same time too, I mean like Jamal said, the, the fact that they didn't really do any I mean all of us was waiting to see what the set was going to be like. Um and the fact that they didn't do anything it did take away from it, minus the crowd that we knew can not be there. But at least, you know, if you're going to make this a spectacle and go with the moniker of this is too big for one night, then why? Besides timing-wise, you guys came to your minds and realized that, hey, going for eight hours in one night isn't a good thing. But um, I don't know. Like, uh, uh, for me, like, there was there was good matches that people aren't talking about. And then there was things that just was just lackluster. Um, I thought Becky Lynch's match with... Uh, with Shayna, was just man because of the fact of like, what this is her second year in a row winning by roll up, and she's supposed to be on the biggest stage and or the biggest match of her life, and these are just you know, this seems like lazy ways of just executing the finish. But nonetheless, on something positive, I the Brock Lesnar is is the absolute man. I know people's gonna hate him because of his booking or whatever it is, but the guy works and he made that the, he definitely made that match uh what it was and. Uh, kudos to drew uh you know seeing him working seeing him leave seeing him working evolve coming back being a champion seeing it all come full circle it's a happy story it was a good match it was a good way to end um to end WrestleMania just for monday night raw to be like hey there was a match after us with the big show but you know it's, it's things like that it's just like look it's over With they made it they got across the finish line now that's it i just i i, I can't really find myself finding a reason to want to go back and look besides you know the things that were just properly done with the budget that WWE has, and that two amazing cinematic matches that they done, um, it, it was it was it was it was great. So uh, if you want to say anything, those were the saving graces. Because other than that, I I was just passing time by because it was absolutely nothing else to watch.
3: <laughs> yeah, for for me, I would say the big thing that hit me, especially I'll say this at the end of night one. Mm -hmm. At the end of night one, this is a two night show. So you had that time in between to digest things. At the end of night one, I was very pleasantly surprised. The show wasn't long when it hit 10 o'clock and it was over. I was like, oh, my God, this is wonderful. I, I was left in a really good place. And of course, the last thing on Monday night was the Boneyard match. And so between that finish of the show being so completely different than anything they had done, I was just like okay, this is, you know, not what I was expecting. And so going, coming out of night one into night two, I was really, if anything, way more into it than I ever expected I would be. But I also had a feeling in my stomach where I was like, you know what? Night one was always going to have that benefit of we didn't know what we were getting. There was always going to be that mystery about night one. And night one set the bar and night two doesn't get that benefit of the doubt going into night two you already had your taste so i was worried about night two to begin with and sure enough night two just wasn't as good for me mm-hmm. as night one but night one between the um you mentioned the sorrow and gulag match on the pre-show that was great uh the middle of the show when they had the uh the intercontinental title the tag team ladder match that whole mm-hmm. section, I thought, was really darn good. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you did Braun and Goldberg that night. And that, it, that was what it had to be. It was, mm-hmm. I think for what it was, it was perfectly fine. And they ripped the Band-Aid off. They got it done. It wasn't going to be anything more than that. So it didn't bother me. And then night one ended with the damn Boneyard match. We'll have a big talk about cinematic wrestling <laughs> in, a, in a bit. And then night two, it just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. I'm going to go back to what, what Giant Crab was saying and night 2 it wasn't horrible but it definitely wasn't as great as night 1 but overall I would say this there were so many people that when they announced they were going to do WrestleMania at the Performance Center their immediate reaction was it's going to be the worst WrestleMania of all time it's going <laughs> to be horrible it's going to be horrible and I haven't seen anyone saying that Going like, oh, no, this is as bad as WrestleMania four. It's as bad as WrestleMania nine. It's bad as WrestleMania 11. It wasn't the greatest, but it sure as heck wasn't the worst. I, I put it somewhere firmly in the, you know, somewhere in the middle. I can't even put it in the bottom five. So I don't know. It, it's a real interesting show the, between the two nights. And if anything, in my mind, I go back to this. I'm like, considering the circumstances, I think it's far more likely that it could have been a hell of a lot worse than how it turned out, in in my opinion. But I don't know. Shoot. From here, what do you think? Do, do we want to discuss cinematic wrestling, or do we have more thoughts on WrestleMania we want to touch on in general?
1: Well, we're we're really quick. I want and I kind of want to bounce this back to Jamal really fast. So because I I don't I don't I don't know where to kind of gauge this on the scale. But I think we all agreed that there was going to be absolutely nothing else to watch come the Saturday mm. and Sunday night. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it said that WrestleMania uh, did close to uh, 2.1 million viewers. Mm. Okay. Wait, wait, let me actually, let me look that up really quick. Unless somebody already knows the numbers off, off then. Actually, WrestleMania began. Okay. So Re- yeah, WrestleMania did about 2 million viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, considering the circumstance, I mean, is that good? is that I mean how, how how you waste that against other things? and then my my second thing is that you know this stream doing a bunch of different platforms WWE uh FS1 app yep. fight yep. and something else was, i forget it was it was Fox on sports, the sports which is yeah and then Fox, yeah so you know obviously i don't know if this was the last initiative to just you know try to as many eyes as it can on it but i absolutely think that if if this is considered good viewership then i think more or less it's imminent that you know these big shows are going to be distributed to uh bigger you know to 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 buyers such as they were talking about a couple of months ago to really get their hands into this and now that they see what it can produce but I think that's also a little bit of flaw analytics because again, the circumstances. <laughs> there was nothing mm-hmm. to compete with it. So but yeah, Jamal, to you to, to, to kind of sum that up. Well what, what is your what is your analysis kind of on like the viewership that was done for this?
4: Um I think obviously every, anytime you talk about ratings for anything, uh, in this time, it's you're gonna have to put an asterisk by it because yes. it's obviously not Indicative of something that's normal. Everybody and their mother is glued to the news for better or worse. And then yeah. the only other sport in America that's going on um, is WWE, and maybe you know some squirrel wrestling championships or extreme tag or whatever the hell it is. Um, but we're at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to sport. Um, if you like hockey, the Russian hockey league is still going on, so do that. But as far as WWE goes and their ratings, it's it's any ratings are good ratings, I guess, at this point for anyone. Um, as far as the show itself, it's it's odd because people are raving about the cinematic uh, shot matches and uh, the special effects. And if WWE ran Lucha Underground, this is how it would look <laughs> and it would be so much better and, and stuff like that. But honestly, that that's actually what I wanted for the whole show to be, I wanted the whole show to play off like a movie. And if you saw the opening uh, intro, they did the pirate theme, and there was a giant crab that I was very proud of until Seth Rollins cut it in half <laughs> uh, <laughs> with the one mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that made sense, but I was really <laughs> thinking that they were going to go through with this, you know, WrestleMania the movie. Um, and then tie that in subliminally until wrestlemania uh, Inglewood next year, which they're billing as Hollywood because it's a Hollywood yeah. park, so it's a stretch. But yep. I was really hoping that they were going to do something to that point, and they didn't. They just did the matches as matches, and then you jump cut to the Firefly Funhouse match, which made little sense. Or you jump cut to The Undertaker riding his – dirt bike into this abandoned house that AJ Styles texted him the message to the address to fine. I'm not going to pick apart the logistics of a boneyard match, but what I will say is that I really thought they had an opportunity to make this like a mortal combat experience and how those games, you know, the story transitions into a fight that transitions into a story because that's the point of it. You're telling the story through wrestling. And they seem to put on a regular show and then they did the Firefly Funhouse and then he come back to Titus, who still has a job. Uh, and then he just goes, <laughs> I have no words. <laughs> Motherfucker, you're the host. You're supposed to have words. It, I mean, like, things like that. It's really, and, and the reason why I'm, I'm nitpicking so hard is because they're literally a media company. The hell. You're, it's You have one job and that's to do media. And the one thing that you do is go by the numbers and and do this you know laissez faire show, and then completely switch it out for the boneyard match. Like, and all oh, but I mean, like, full disclosure: I hate AJ Styles and the Undertaker, so I'm not gonna uh, you know. I also didn't watch the boneyard match, so
1: I'll, I'll say really quick. On that note, too, uh, Marcella said this as well. It would have been really cool if they also could have fed this, you know, because because look, here's the thing. If they don't get it now, now they know. Um, They know uh, they got a lot of buzz for the production of those matches. They must they must have to understand that, you know, this is a key to success, especially during these times. Or if in other words, do it more um or hell just do a whole goddamn show of doing it because it, it works it's effective um the 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 one thing that marcelos was saying is that hey they could have really fed into this by doing some commercials to lead into it i mean hell everything was pre-recorded so why not have created some buzz around it um i would have liked for the whole damn thing to have been that as well too because it just it, it that's what it would have made it different even if they would have just did it one night it could have just been different um I you know it is it, hopefully hopefully there's there's a big lessons learned meeting after this and they realize that hey they 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 got something special there and they could continue to do something like that um and and it would get good reaction and hell made the Undertaker look really really good considering that <laughs> he has been really really bad <laughs> in a lot of his last matches so it's a good way to protect your old people that you're never going. to... Hell, you know what? I would not be surprised if Saudi Arabia right now Stop is, it. is cutting the <laughs> chat because they want a whole movie of this Goldberg versus Undertaker one last time, and and they're gonna the say. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 what I got. That's what so
2: I, I, I want to chime in, and you know the big talk of WrestleMania to bo- go with Jamal's point of there's an asterisk with it. And the key phrase we all keep on saying I keep hearing is, given the circumstances. And I feel like this mania is going to be that. It is the, considering the circumstance, WrestleMania, you got a marginal pay-per-view. The best they could have done, given the circumstances. You had the cinematic matches, you had decent, decent in-ring stuff. Night one, I'm with Will. Night one was a little better for me than night two was. But We were a captive audience. There was only so much wiggle room WWE could have done without jeopardizing people's health or talent saying, Hey, I'm not going to work the show. And being that it was taped. Well, what did they say? They taped the boneyard match end of March last week of March. Mm -hmm. So who knows when all these matches were taped prior to all this. So they kind of, this actually falls more on the editing department to make this more important. And I keep thinking about sets, set pieces, And whether or not that would have cost more of a pretty penny to hire the laborers when there's a health crisis to actually put this big WrestleMania set together as opposed to here is uh, here is NXT light WrestleMania style from the performance center. So given the circumstances, I think this mania for me rated about a six and a half with night one being a little bit better than night two. It to go with Will's point earlier, this is not the worst WrestleMania I've ever seen, but this isn't the worst WrestleMania I've watched in the last 10 years. So, to be fair, I think they still come out looking like a big winner here. If they just broke even, good for them, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's the best way they could have done it given the circumstance.
1: There's some business logistics that they definitely can't, they should come out in the green with, um, as far as future potential deals. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm definitely with you. it sounds like they pretend, it sounds like this is a, a break even thing. I will say this really really quick too. um the one the one thing I've been really thinking about with this is that like everyone was definitely bashing. that was gonna be one of the worst ones of all time for they've given it a chance. And the fact that they were able to put on something due to the circumstances, I, it's definitely commendable on that note. And again, for nothing else to have been on on TV, those last two nights people tuned in. And I think that's a, that's still a a big plus. And, but again, I just can't emphasize enough. This definitely should have been opportunity. They should have been a little bit more drastic on wanting to take chances because they had nothing to lose here. This was just all or nothing at this moment. So, I don't, I don't know there's, there's there's a lot of pros and cons so
2: maybe they just played it too safe i guess is what everybody keeps saying
1: yeah i mean because look here's the thing and i don't know who said this in the chat when we were when this was all going down but somebody was like at the at this point it just feels like they're just throwing out audibles left and right and don't <laughs> don't even care i mean mm-hmm. literally it, it it was that it was like well that person's not gonna able to wrestle just do mm-hmm. this so just do this i mean the, the booking i get it for the circumstances available Yeah, but at the same time, still, there still could be a method of psychology behind some of these certain, you know, decisions that were that was made. And I I don't know. By the way, too, you just made me think about it. I love that ending for the ladder match. That was different. That was, yeah,
3: it was. I, I thought I like, that was creative as hell. I loved that finish. I popped yeah. so hard when that damn belt broke loose because just the night before I was complaining about, damn it, why Not they the got Velcro. Velcro on the back of those SmackDown tag titles, and then the Velcro came into play and sent them down all the way to the mat with the belt. So Jomo and them got the title.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, just to add to this, real quick, just going back to the cinema, and I know you brought it up two James, where I mentioned about making the trailers and making this a cinema production. But I'm going to say something that I wish WWE would have capitalized on. And I don't know why I didn't think about it last week, but I'm going to think about it reflecting on this week. And 2 James me and you talk about this show all the time that I'm going to bring back a <laughs> to what WWE could have done. Now, for those of you that were not 90s babies or were born in the 80s and, and lived through some part of the early 90s, I need you to go to YouTube and look at this show. This show is called WMAC Masters. Oh, if you, look at that nice. show, if you look at that show, that will be determined, or that could be the sample of what WrestleMania could have been. And when you think about what that show is, it's about martial arts people who are real martial artists. They teach in gyms and everything of that nature. If you watch Mortal Kombat, Hakeem, Austin, um, was in more, the original Mortal Kombat where he fought Liu Kang in the middle of the movie, just to give you some reference of who the, the, the martial arts specialists are. No one knows who these people are.
2: Uh, well, Chris you know, Casamasa was Chris the one that played Scorpion, a, uh, Scorpion yeah. He,
0: he played Scorpion. So, like, with, when you look at that show and you look at a production where you have a live fighting sequence that is similar to what wrestling is but it's built around a story and built around cinematography, that's what WrestleMania could have been. Um, and I was just a little bit disappointed that they did not capitalize on it because the way production value is right now, it probably would have been 10 times better than what WrestleMania could have been and really could have left a moment. Um, and, and and they did that with two of the matches, essentially, you know, with the Firefly, Firefly Funhouse and the Boneyard match. But I thought WWE really could have took advantage of that. Now, like everybody said, was it the worst WrestleMania of all time? no. Was it a worst WrestleMania? I even go with you, Damon. It probably is not one of the worst WrestleManias I saw in the last 10 years. And I'm going to have Jamal bring his face again. Perfect. Um, (laughs) I mean, I really think for what the circumstances were, they did okay. They did about average, but they could have did more based on the type of value that WWE has done throughout their promos before the matches. You know, they just could have did a little bit more. But for those of you that can check out WMAC Masters, you see what I'm talking about, where... You can put a Too lot. Too bad of nobody's secrets. gonna be
1: able to find it. I it's can't not even, on there anymore. I can't think of anywhere to find it. But YouTube don't
2: got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say YouTube has it. They used to. Someone had to record it and upload it to YouTube. I mean, yeah, on? Yeah,
0: they, they, it should be on it. But that's, the, that's the, but the but but look the, the same. Add. But
1: but what you're saying has been done into something that's current and and that's Lucha Underground. It's the same design recipe yes. to a T. So again. With Lucha Underground and what Wild wow does as far as their production, I I say it all the time: it's the benchmark for and the standard for what wrestling p- production and cinematography can be. WWE clearly has the funding in the backing to do so; has not even sniffed it. AEW's got to be on the way, so you know, and and then and then and then even Impact is doing it, you know, and with um, oh my God, what's what's Undead name? Realm. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, there's, there's – there, everyone knows it exists. The potential to know is there. WWE is still thinking that old-school mentality of what wrestling has to be or what should be. They they did something different in one of the matches, which probably was one of those ones where there was a was ro- a lot of resistance to it. Hell, the pandemic actually forced their hand to make that happen, to be honest. Mm. And then nonetheless, like, now they got the feedback from it, and I still don't have the confidence that they'll take a chance to be able to do something like that again to the to the quality and the standard that they should be able to live up to.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it comes down to this. I mean, the, the Boneyard match apparently took eight hours to film just for the filming part. So then who knows how long it spent in editing and mm-hmm. whatever post-production it went through. And I have no idea how the. I would think the Firefly house had to have been even more involved with the amount of special effects and stuff they did with that since that was so much more disjointed but just and had so chambers. many. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it comes down to how much, how much of this did they, I mean, well, well, we know they didn't have AJ and Undertaker as in the, envisioned in this way going into it, it didn't seem. So I, I think the thing becomes now that they've gone this route, and their fan base has responded favorably to it. I think the question now becomes if you do this again, and now you know people are into it and you can plan something like this from the jump and you're not doing it as a plan B because of mm-hmm. like the, the hand you've been dealt. What can you do with it if you're like okay, like 2 months out you're thinking, okay, for SummerSlam, we want to do a match with Undertaker and it's going to be the return to the boneyard, but we got 2 months to plan it out now as opposed to doing it in probably, you know, a week and a half or however the heck this one came together. I think that really becomes, I think that would be the point where you'd be like, okay, now they can approach it more like a true movie shoot and really plan it out ahead of time where so much of this WrestleMania wasn't them, you know, doing their original vision. It was them responding to things. And of course, responding to things beyond their control. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really curious to see where they go with it again because the way it got responded to, I can't imagine they're not going back there. And hell, for someone like Undertaker, it's all broken down. It's the perfect use of him. You can hide all of his flaws and hide that, you know, the man can't run. The man can't do a whole bunch of physical stuff. But you can put him in an armed situation where you film around him and hide all that. And then it's perfectly fine. Heck, the man essentially did an episode of Sons of Anarchy out there. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll we'll see where they go with it. I, I, I don't know. I mean, did, 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 did any of y'all not like the cinema stuff they did this week?
2: <laughs>
3: Long now, wolf. I, now we haven't brought up yet NXT since they had a different version of a cinema f- cinema stuff on NXT, and the NXT one was my least favorite of the three by far. So so far we've been talking WrestleMania, but the what do they call it? The final beat of Gargano and Champa. That was a whole nother take on the pre-packaged cinema match, and that one didn't work for me at all. So. I don't know. I was curious
2: <laughs> but, because when you had said that you didn't like it, I I would have sworn you would have liked it a little bit better than Edge and Orton.
3: Nah, that was it was pretty much about just as painful as Edge and Orton to me. Mm-hmm. It, was, it it was the things it's I didn't like minutes. about Edge and Orton are also many of the things I didn't like about that match too. They share a lot of the same things that just did not work for me.
2: Yeah, I mean the match went 43 minutes as opposed to Edge and Orton went about 36. So Right. That's just way too long. We talked about yeah. it in the group chat. It's just way too long.
3: Exactly in, in an empty arena environment, I do not think you can have two people out there for that damn long in in any kind of format. It just it's it it doesn't. You need to keep things moving. You need to keep things fresh and just that level of just trying to be epic. Just I do not mm-hmm. think works in that kind of environment.
4: Or you use the arena. I mean, the, the mankind and the uh, rock did it. Mm-hmm. but their match used the actual arena the the match was mm-hmm. so you know violent uh that they had to have it in front of nobody so i don't think that uh what the hell uh, gargano versus Ciampa, especially after what they've been through you're not going to tell me that this match is better than what should have been their last match um at takeover chicago i think it was yeah. so you know, or uh, take over New Orleans was another one. I mean, just like they have had, they've done it to death, except yeah. for killing someone. They've done it to death. Mm.
1: So I saw somebody say the next time they do this, they're going to have to bring guns at this point.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Probably,
3: yeah. Yeah, I mean, they—they they beat that horse to death a good two years ago, and and we're still here on it.
1: <laughs> I, I may go off the limb on this one, but do you think Champa's get ready to hang it up? And and transitioning to his backstage role that he's kind of been uh, his producer role where he's kind of been training already with Evolve.
3: Mm. I kind of hope so. Could I mean, be he, what else? As, as banged up as he's rumored to be, it could very well could yeah. be possible. There's nothing else for him to do. He's he if he won
1: if he's to go out, I will see him going out with the person that he's been all over the world with. But he's not. He's already said, "Hey, I'm not going to the main roster. I don't want no
0: parts of that." So. How old is he again? He's not even that old. 30, uh, 34? I mean...
2: From what I remember, it was, 30. it was around 34,
1: 33. Yep. Regardless, I mean, those those knee injuries, they they, they catch up. <laughs> I, oh, think, they
2: I think with, 34. Him, with him, I think maybe he gets a kind of one of those celebratory last title wins before he officially hangs it up in, if he wants to do an NXT because the crowd still pops for him. He can... If they want to do cinematography, and we're going to get into it shortly, if we want to do another cinematic match to to get Ciampa another win eventually for a title, that's another way to add another five years to somebody's career. So potentially we could go that route.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It it's just, it's, it seems like that potential and the possibility is there that he it, it it could be ultimately leading towards that. He's already won a championship. He's done everything. I mean, just I, I just don't see anything else that he can do at this at this moment. And hell, even if you bring him back for matches here and there, I mean, it, the 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 novelty with that, I guess. But as Making far a as yeah, yeah, and again, like, and again, it's a lot of emphasis on him already learning. Under Triple H, Mm I did 2 are producing the show, which he's doing for Evolve and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, keeping with the theme of just cinematography, I know we wanted to all kind of talk about Firefly, Funhouse, and the Boneyard match. So let's get –
3: I already (laughs) see Silly Sellers
2: giving the hand motion. So I'm going to go to him first. What were your thoughts, good sir, on the cinematography for all the matches and how it all played out? So, I think it was Charlotte that
0: said it when they did the, um, the FCW, when they did that special on, on the network. Mm-hmm. And when they first introduced Bray Wyatt as far as his character, and he did the little cut where they showed them doing a promo class and how Dusty gives feedback to that promo class. And everybody's reaction was like this to him at that time. Like, like what the hell is he talking about? But it's so intriguing. Click. And yeah. I, I remember that vividly because I think that's the reaction we all get when we look at Bray Wyatt ever since he had that gimmick. Like, dude, you have, you're have you so mesmerizing. We don't know what you're saying, but you're telling the story. If we pay attention or we listen very carefully, you're saying a lot to go along with your character. So when it first came on, I was like, uh-oh, oh, John Cena's coming out. Like, It's going to be a regular match. I was about to be so disappointed. And then they did all the cuts <laughs> going into what they did backstage. And I'm like, what are they doing? And then when you get to it and you see the psychology, and this is where storytelling in wrestling becomes so beautiful. When you take a story of two parallel careers, of how they got together, what happened the first time, and you think and reflect on what should have happened how you would change it again and go in mindset of not only your mindset but your opponent's mindset, I thought that was a very intriguing way to tell a story of how to book a match. And I think only, what, one move happened in that whole match before he pinned him? Um, I think because everything was so like hit and miss, hit and miss. I'm going over here. You're going over here. We're flipping screens. So it was just a very intellectual way to do that. But it was different. It was Mm -hmm. different of how you build a character. And this is what you do. Now, going back to the early 90s, which all these characters come in WWF and WWE, and you want these different, like, mythical beings, a dentist, or whatever you have as your character. You finally have something where you have a character And you have a WrestleMania moment where that character is filled out to its capacity of what it can do and how it could psych out your opponent to actually win a match. And it doesn't have to be for a title, but it means for something purposeful. And I know we talk about that all the time is when wrestling, is it about getting your story and your character over or is it about winning that belt when you talk about that brass ring? And this just opened up an avenue that you don't have to win a belt necessarily to build your character, what you can do. And I think this maximized what Bray Wyatt could do. And now here's the thing with WWE has to go from here. What do you go next after you use this character in this element? And it actually worked in his favor to have this type of match. So I loved it. Now, was it perfect? I don't think anything was perfect about it, but just the storytelling of the psychology to make Mm -hmm. you think like, think about how you watch a Saw movie. That is how you think about how good this was.
3: Mm -hmm. here's what I want to say about about all three of them because they were all different in their own in their own way and the way they were presented and even the stories they told so in the boneyard match that was pretty much a fight that was a fight in a darn like graveyard and was shot like a horror movie and it had like a Mm -hmm. whole horror movie feel and it was just straight up a fight and then Wednesday night on NXT, the Gargano Champa thing—that was a wrestling match. Hell, you yeah, had a ring and everything, and it was shot in a warehouse, but it was shot in a different way and presented in a different way. And it was like, kind of like they were giving monologues as they were going around and doing their match and all this. But it was still essentially a wrestling match. It still had pins. It's, well, actually, no, it didn't have pins, but it was all like you know, it was a fight to the finish. But it was still in the format of a wrestling match. The Firefly Funhouse. I don't even think you can call that a match. I think that was straight up like a fever dream of some (laughs) sort. And it was it was Bray Wyatt taking John Cena on this insane adventure through his career. And I'll give him a lot of credit. It worked, and it worked in so many ways, which just like like all the stuff of like Cena's past coming back to haunt him and the choices he made and the choices he didn't make in different ways. And It was really, really interesting. I wouldn't so much call it a match. I don't know if I'd call it a vignette, but it was an adventure, and it was certainly different. The thing is, you can't do something like that unless you have the absolute right characters to do it with. That's absolutely. C- mm-hmm. Cena and Wyatt had the story that you could do that kind of thing with. Undertaker, you could put him in the horror setting and he could have a fight in a graveyard and it works because it's the Undertaker. You can do this with the right characters. If you take Apollo Crews and like someone like a Humberto Carrillo, <laughs> I can't see... The cinematic treatment you're going to give them It's got to be the right characters In the right place Now that said, I think WWE has a lot of people They can exploit with this And people they can do it with But it's going to be one of those things Where there's going to be like you know a lot of people on that roster Where it's going to be like, if you don't have the right character It's like, this ain't for you You're just going to be doing wrestling matches The right people, the right time, the right story I think the sky's the limit For what they can do with this kind of stuff
1: hmm I don't know. So it's, it's a it's a lot. Uh why why you got that face?
0: Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just waiting to see who's gonna say something about it next.
1: <laughs> it, it's a lot of okay, look, I am I'm a I'ma transition to this a little bit now. The question, I mean, look, we, we Russell Manor came, we've seen what they could do. We're talking mm-hmm. about what they could do and probably what they should do. Ultimately, we don't know what's gonna happen. The big question is now, as as, as you take Away, the cinematography, or the, uh, the, the cinematic feel that they 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 put in those two matches.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think we kind of talked about this last week, but now where the hell does wrestling and WWE go? Did, no matter, mm-hmm. better yet, where do WWE go now that they finally got across the finish line of WrestleMania? And you know the pandemic. There's no telling when things are going to get better, but ultimately, because they're not preparing like AEW is doing, that's why I, I didn't want to say wrestling. But ultimately, what should WWE do now that they got past the mark that they had to get past? Also, it's very interesting that they're promoting money in the bank with no detail around it, just the date. Well, so. well,
0: it just came out that um the, was it whatever that first Marin Arena is now? Warrior Farms uh, in Baltimore, this actually just canceled it, that it won't be held in their venue. It just came out. Um, and we all knew that was going to happen anyway. So, but it didn't cancel the event totally, but it might still happen in the performance center. But that is a good segue to transition to where they go from here. Um, you know what? For this match, for Money in the Bank, because you had a ladder match to show that you could do it in a performance center and it's gimmicked around the ladder matches, I think it was going to be fine in the performance center for this next excerpt. Now, you may not have as many, was it, eight superstars that they had in the past? I think they mm-hmm. might have like five or six and they might have two matches, one for the men's and one for the women's, and maybe have five or six people total, I mean, total each match. Um, and then you'll have other little side matches around it. But I won't be surprised this pay-per-view is on like two and a half hours. They don't have to stretch it out. They could just do something simple and then look for the June pay-per-view to see what goes on. But I think for the next couple of weeks – I think they're going to have to still stick with what they're doing now until they hear what's going on with this health wise and then they'll make their switch. But what that, they shit, do June, that shit ain't working. Sure. What else can they do,
1: though? Man, the big thing that I think they need to do. And this is by no means my original uh, idea is that, yes, this is the time to go on break how they fill those slots? Do whatever. Mm-hmm. But stop putting out half-ass <laughs> production each week. It is it is no benefit to it. It's not good. The viewership's not good. Right, but there's,
2: no, there's no benefit to us, but remember who's in charge. An egomaniacal right. person who's but up the, against another co- competitor who's running. The,
1: the check is already cut. The contract there's already cut.
2: Vince doesn't give two craps about stuff like that. I'm saying, no saying
1: that, but I, I, and and again, but for my suggestion, just cut it out. You're putting, <laughs> you're putting your talent, you're putting your talent at mm-hmm. at risk.
2: Yes, agreed.
1: Um, and you know, with more with more more people having to report, you know, if it gets internal to a point that's uncontrollable, then what are you going to do after that? What type of faith are you having with your employees when you're you're not really taking good measurements? In doing so, if you're constantly are bringing them in and having them work when there's really no payoff for it and the pandemic isn't getting better, you got mm-hmm. people who, you know, some of your tonic can't even get back into the country because of where they live at. People who have families, people who have young kids. I mean, obviously the smart ones are like, hell with this. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to take that chance. Look, look, the Miz has been around that company for years. If he's the one that's going to say, I'm not going to do it, a loyalist like him, and say he's 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 not he's he's gonna miss the biggest event of the year, regardless of what it is. That mentality has to be going around other people's head. they're just scared that they can't do it because they don't want you know.
4: Well, the Miz does have an infant at home, exactly. So, but other two, two. two. other people do too.
2: Other people do too, right? The ones so, that don't are gonna be the ones that say, you know what? Fine, all y'all want to stay home. We'll go. We're not gonna talk about the brawl for all, but just think about <laughs> someone who was middling in the mid-card or lower mid card, like someone like let's say Cesaro. No one's left. I'm do it. Huh. I'm good. Yeah. I'm...
3: Absolutely. So but here's be the a, thing.
2: There'll be a, there'll be a match in a pay-per-view. Go ahead. Well,
3: yeah. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I keep thinking about. Now that we've crossed the finish line of WrestleMania, the timing to me is right for the break. It's like, okay, you reached the you've reached the finish line. You're at that point where it's like, okay, everything you had in play, you could put it on hold now. The biggest issue to me is logistically now where do you run these shows? Florida has been shut down. George has been shut down. More and more states are getting shut down by the second. So what are you going to do? Are you going to run all around the country to these few states here and there that you might be able to do stuff? Are you going to try to pull a Dana White and be like, we're going to run on an Indian reservation? (laughs) 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 And are are you going to go so far as Dana was going this week with like, I'm going to have a secret island so I can bring international fighters in? I'm going to try and do that. And then even that idea We just, you know, hours before we recorded tonight, Disney and ESPN apparently shut him down and said, we're not going to have our name on something like that. If something like that happens and, you know, people start getting infected, that's going to be our name on the broadcast. and There ain't no way we're going to air that.
1: Y'all talking about Vince. Vince, as soon as he heard that, made all the calls possible. And saying, "How the hell do we get an island? And without-
2: <laughs> so
1: seriously, which,
2: which is why I don't think Vince is going to be the last one. He's going to be the last one to wave the flag. I get you. Yeah, he, he is. But
3: well, this at this point, I mean, who, who you know, who's left now? UFC is off the table. It's like who's left? There's people talking about starting up, but it's like who's currently doing stuff? It's like what I don't know what else he can do. It's like the, the 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 options for filming new content are going to be just become harder and harder to come by, I think, because what state are you going to be able to do it in where it won't get shut down? That's my question.
0: But here's the thing. I agree with you totally. That like, This is a good time for a break because honestly, they could have had a break where WrestleMania is the end of the season and you can open with money in the bank as the, the season premiere or whatever wrestling True. season you want to yeah. do. They Whenever. can do that because they can show, they can use that person. Okay. This is who we're building around for the whole year or a majority of the season to put them on the next level. But and, and, and I agree with that. but like Damon said, I don't think Benjamin Mann is going to do that or he will be the last person to wave the white flag. But let's say hypothetically, let's say things get better. Hopefully it will because we don't know by that time. By the time like in the May of June comes and we got a whole spin, Vince was like, Well, I told you I wasn't gonna do it because I knew it was gonna come around. You know, he's not gonna wave the white flag. But I you just don't know. I I don't have if I put money, i put money on Vince staying what he's doing until somebody forces him to get locked in a cage where he can't control anything or something. But I think mm-hmm. he's still gonna do it.
2: He'll have it in his mansion. Yes, assumption.
3: <laughs> Backyard show. He can have that right. by the pool.
2: <laughs> he'll have Shane jump off something in the house and, and then he'll film for content on TikTok. That's what they'll do.
1: I know I'm guilty of this of saying like, if you, if like, don't do something, but then the answer is then what to do. I don't quite have the answer for how and what they should do, but I do, I do think that the current method is not working. It's okay. just not. And again,
3: why well, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. For the, between the risk and the return, with mm-hmm. the with the ratings are why it's like, it becomes like why bother? Why yeah, put and, everyone you know, at risk for it?
1: And, and then at the same time too, they're on network television. Network television are getting the same effects with some of their own shows. So you they, they they're going to be mad at WWE because they're not doing something. I, I said it before. The Walking Dead can't even do their finale, which is the last episode, because they can't get people in to do their last the last touches on uh, on uh, on special effects. So they have to push their one last episode of the last se- uh, of, of this season back to the end of the year. How inconvenient is that? But they gotta do it. You think AMC is like, oh well, fuck that show. You know, no, <laughs> the contract's already been done. Mun- they, they're gonna people want to get their checks regardless, and people are still gonna have their obligations and so forth. It's the same thing. WWE needs to be thinking about. Look, we can't put our people at risk, it's just not worth it. Because if one wrestler gets it. Then that wrestler that they're facing gets it. The ref gets it. The ring is done. The ropes, the ramp, everything. And then hell, they some take people, it back home with them. Roommates, who knows where? Roommates with other wrestlers. So that's hell. That could be a whole stable gone just that quick. So you know what I mean. So it's just not. It's just not worth it. This is definitely the the, the off season that needs to have been happening. That Jamal's been talking about a lot. And more or less, you know, whether they agree with it or not, for just regular reasons back then, the pandemic should be shuffling hands to say, like, look, this, this is the cards that we need to play.
4: So here's it the thing. Needs to be- uh, there are five states without a lockdown order. North, South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, and Arkansas. There's three, uh, three six, seven states with a lockdown order in in parts of the state. I think they do what Ring of Honor does and tape a month's worth for shows. They set up a West Coast camp and an East Coast camp, depending on where their talent physically are in the world. And then say, like, listen, for a week, get your ass to, since South Carolina has a partial lockdown, get your ass to Myrtle Beach. We're going to film some shows (laughs) and, uh, and film some matches in Myrtle Beach, 20 of them. And then the rest of you get to, I don't know, El Paso. Uh, and <laughs> go there and we want to film some other stuff. And the rest is a watch. We'll pick it up in a month and see where we are. That's what Dynamite did. They filmed a month's worth of shows up until the middle of May. And you know, they they did it. The real question is, will WWE will raw at least go to two hours? Now
0: obviously it needs to,
4: obviously it needs to. Nobody's saying that it shouldn't, but will it go to two hours of live matches and then an hour pre-show yep. or an hour, you know, uh, of retrospective of something. or something like, hey, this is the best of raw from eight to nine. The show starts at nine and we go live from nine to 11. That way they don't have to worry about putting together, you know, and filling so much time with BS matches from yesteryear. They can just do a two hour show. And have a three hour and have an hour-long pre-show with some retrospective and stuff like that. I think they should do that if they're gonna go forward. I think they should also see who's their essential personnel are. It's not a matter of travel because if anything that WWE does well, it is travel. And the wrestlers travel independently. So if you are going to be essential, then this is the 20 guys we have. These are the storylines that we're gonna do. But also, and more importantly than anything. Let the workers work. Why are we getting six-minute matches on a three-hour show when you only have eight people?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, like,
4: what, what the hell are you thinking? Just yeah. let them go 20. I'm not saying that I need to see Tamina versus, like, her shadow for 20 minutes. But you know what? We're going to see who what workers can actually work and what workers actually benefit from the WWE system. It's a wrestling show. Wrestle,
2: and we saw that on Monday night when we Absolutely. had their Black gold twenty something minutes for Apollo three
4: Cruise. segments. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that yeah. segment with those six guys was an hour.
1: Can I, can we talk about how that may ultimately be the last time we see Apollo Cruz, no matter
3: what? Regardless, mm-hmm.
4: that's the most. That mm-hmm. is the most I've seen the that Ronan, guy in it. the. The wrong giveth and the wrong taken away. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there, there were a lot of new faces on Raw this week that we will yeah. probably not see again. <laughs> that was a very different show <laughs>
1: i i was so bothered by the commentary with apollo cruz of them trying to put this guy over and is it so cringeworthy that they can't even tell a story properly that you know that that that, that <laughs> it doesn't even it, like it, it did more damage for him than good in the way they were talking about this guy like it's Nonetheless, it, it, it's 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 a lot of people. Like you said, it's go- that was on the show. We probably will see it again. But yeah, you're right. Why the hell are you got these people working short matches when you got all this extra time? But at the same time, too, yeah. I it, hopefully hasn't been word yet, but hopefully there'll be something saying that they're doing a lot of pre-recorded and just canning things.
2: So, or you could take stuff from the network and put it on USA, maybe like an NXT UK, where no one who owns the network who doesn't own the network is seeing it. And say, hey, we taped all these shows. Here are some of your WWE superstars that are over there, like a Finn Balor, for instance, uh, against Ilya Dragunov, you know, from Takeover. You can put that, or Tony Storm versus Rhea Ripley, and you can have that take up a good thirty to forty minutes of airtime on USA.
4: Honestly, if they if they put together a show like a never before done show that was just the best of the WWE network, and it could literally be everything that's in the archives. Mm -hmm. And then air that before raw with like some live intersplice segments of like, well, if you like that, then we have this thing coming. If they can build a match off of total divas, then they can build a match off of something (laughs) that we've seen on the network. (laughs) At at this point too,
1: I just want to make, I just, I want to make sure I put emphasis on it. When I say off season, that means it doesn't even have to be wrestling for me. Do what the hell they got to do until all this pass. put them, put this on a three month hiatus and this, Film right along just to clear that slot, whatever it has to be. I don't care, but I'm just tired of just unnecessary um, and just a bad time, bad uses of time management, and the risk that is putting the different people at hand for the reward that's really not worth it.
4: Well, I mean, what, 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 I mean that's the, that's always going to be debatable. I mean, personally, I got to get my black ass up in the morning and go to work uh, because somebody more important than me deemed that I'm essential when every other day of the year I'm not, but. The, but but it is what it is, and you know I'm going to take this here respirator mask, put that some bitch on, and head out the door to work. Yeah, as you do. Mm-hmm. However, given what the situation is, there's no doubt that WWE, as a media company, could do better television. And the one thing that since they don't have the storytelling element to fall back on with the production, it's really baffling that they're not relying more on the wrestling. And I know that we saw an hour-long segment with six guys, and the way they told that was great, you know, with a match leading to another match, which leads to the induction of Bianca Belair to the roster. Good luck to that. But, the, you know, so that's fine. But that shouldn't be a night after WrestleMania moment. That should be a, no, this is actually, we're going to have to do it like we did in the old days and tell stories in the ring. God forbid. Yep. All right, let's
1: let's let's transition to our last little thing really quick uh, before we get out of here since we're about on that time. Um, oh, wait, before we do that, anything else pop up on news really quick, Jamal?
4: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So there, there's a, a couple of different things real quick, and I'll get to them. Uh, May 10th was Money in the Bank. $507 were the most expensive tickets. Either way, Ooh. everybody's getting their refund uh, if you bought tickets for Money in the Bank already. And Baltimore? Uh, in, in, of course in Baltimore. Where else for, would it be? For five hundred? Five hundred. And a chicken box. The pay-per-view.
1: <laughs> that is a, a that is a rip. That is a uh, rip off.
4: I mean, well, I mean, ringside and a pay-per-view and a major pay-per-view at that, you know, it's a big deal. But um, so that show is now canceled per the Royal Farms Arena website. If you did buy tickets, contact the box office or whoever you bought your tickets from, probably Ticketmaster, um, for a refund.
1: You mean, um, you mean to tell me that they ain't get it from one of those guys outside of the Royal Farms Arena?
2: Stop it. You're not going to find it. You're just not going to find
4: it. If you're going back out to the corner of Howard and Baltimore Street looking for Chuck, he's not
2: there.
4: He's not there. Your tickets are gone. You might want to laminate them because that's all they're worth now. Um <laughs> While we were doing the show, Elias Elias Samson was also going to work because he had his Instagram concert tonight. Yay! Uh, it started at six, <laughs> right? It started at six, uh, and it's and, and it didn't go on uh, tonight. And of course, if you're ready to walk with Elias, do that online somehow. Um, it just doesn't really make sense. Um, obviously, uh, Roman Reigns pulled out of WrestleMania because he's a quitter. Uh, but also oh. because.
2: What? What happened? What
4: What I, oh, I, I, I missed? Miss? <laughs>
0: we ain't
3: Tell gonna him. act like the man CM Punk now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Shots fired right all over the place. <laughs> uh,
3: I mean, I'm just saying. I don't know why. I don't know, what, I don't know what
4: happened. But he, uh, so he quit um, on the biggest show of the year because of his uh, compromised immune system with his battle from leukemia. Um, He pulled himself from the match, and Braun Strowman is now your WWE uh, Blue Universal Champion. Dave Meltzer was asked on Twitter if Reigns would be out out for the rest of the year, and Big Daddy Dave says he doesn't know, and he's asked people high up in the WWE, and they don't know, and honestly, that's the right thing. Um, Your health has got to come more important to anything else, Mm -hmm. so good on Roman Reigns. Actually, quit WWE forever. I dare you. <laughs>
1: um <laughs> I am so surprised. Good on Dave Meltzer for not giving an answer here. That does not seem like th- some somebody needs to check his temperature because knowing him, he always yeah. got some type of a plausible maybe as an answer. So I'm just I'm really surprised to hear him say he don't know. Well, that, I mean, don't, know we maybe, don't know maybe I'm sick.
4: <laughs> check my temperature because I don't know. Can't believe I heard that. But keep going. <laughs> So, um, Robbins LLP, and this is from Business Wire, uh, they have announced that they are investigating WWE for alleged violations of the Security Exchange Act of 1934. What they are claiming is that WWE may have uh, broken the law in their financial disclosures from a few months ago.
1: Oh, I saw I saw that in a um in a um press alert the other day about anybody so, who wants to file that lawsuit.
4: A class right. for a class
1: action suit. Yep. I was wondering what that was about.
4: Right. So mm. the question is now this is the very, 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 very beginning of this process, but they want to know if you have suffered a loss from WWE's misconduct. Uh you know, so let's say that you were our stockholder. Um, or something like that, or if you personally, um, uh, you know, benefit from or, or lost from like the Saudi deal or whatever, you might want to let them know because uh, they want to hear from you. So shenanigans, and 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 some some big dick lawyers are looking into it. So this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out going forward. Um, I know it was said that let WrestleMania is not the worst WrestleMania ever. And I, even I can't argue that. Is it the worst WrestleMania in 10 years? Well, I looked it up. For me, <laughs> for me and me alone. Gotta hear this. Gotta hear it, this. Is, it is absolutely the worst WrestleMania in 10 years. Because it's worse than this, the former worst WrestleMania in 10 years, WrestleMania 33, which had Roman Reigns, Beating the Undertaker in a 23 minute long match. <laughs> <laughs> and that match was ass. Um, AJ Styles beats Shane McMahon in a match that I really don't care about. John Cena and Nikki Bella to beat The Miz and Maurice.
0: Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. I mean, that match never happened. I'm sure so you wait, this not is wait, wait. You're saying done.
2: this year's WrestleMania is worse than what you're talking about right now? So, your headphones work. I'm glad. <laughs> no, no,
3: Jamal. I can't agree. Hold with on, that. Will, did no, you, you did say that it match doesn't process. exist? It that never match happened. can't have happened now. That match, there was nothing happened in that Nikki Bella John Cena tag match. That never happened.
4: It definitely didn't
1: last nine minutes and 40 seconds then. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, I so, forgot. Yeah, that's right. Because it was like uh, a, a proposal or something. Yeah, that, that was, never happened.
3: That, that never happened. <laughs> were we there, Marcellus? Not 33, 32.
0: <laughs>
1: No, was 33,
0: 33 was
1: in Orlando. We did 32-34. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. I, oh, yeah, 30,
0: 33 was in San Francisco. No, oh, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was 31. Um,
4: 33 yeah, was in Orlando. Yeah, it was okay, Orlando. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah.
1: Right, People was right, right, getting right. beat by that sun all day out there. Yeah, um,
4: yeah so the best match on WrestleMania 33 was uh, Adrian Neville, remember him, versus Austin Aries, remember him. Pre-show. Um, that was pre-show. And that, and that was a pre-show yeah. match. So that it's, it definitely does, um, and, and of course you have Lesnar versus uh, Goldberg for the Universal Championship. Um, yeah, these things happened. and that still wasn't worse than what we saw on Sunday. That's
1: the
4: news. <laughs> wow. Boneyard mm. mashed my ass. Hey, can I say a
1: hot? Can I say a hot take real quick? Quick. Drop I mean, it in before think, we finish up. I don't think I heard anybody say this, but. I'm going to be 100% honest. JBL did a hell of a job on commentary this WrestleMania weekend. He always I, know does no, this. I don't How think no that? one's going to give him props for that because
4: people don't like the guy. But, yeah.
1: Also, uh, I, I, listen, listen I, miss Spanish. I listen to Spanish
4: because I saw JBL.
1: Also missed the <laughs> Spanish table from being out there. That was a, a big void in my viewership.
3: Mm. Well, speaking of JBL He did figure into our last little topic here Before we we wrap it up As we've been doing the past couple weeks We'll we'll touch on the Dark Side of the Ring series on Vice TV Because they had their latest episode this week That covered WWE's Brawl for All From the Attitude Era Which apparently, according to the series this week Was all about trying to humble JBL Was what that, (laughs) uh, was the (laughs) impetus For it happening. Mm -hmm. If if you want to listen to a certain Mr. Russo, at least, that's what he claims. So take that with a big grain of salt. But this week was the Brawl for All. I wouldn't describe it as like a crazy like uh, Revelations episode. It was pretty much a very nice overview of the Brawl for All and the insanity of it and what that was all about. And WWE running a straight up shoot fighting tough man contest in the 90s. And it's one of those things that if you've never seen it, it's probably something to check out. There wasn't anything I found in it that was like not accurate or wasn't anything I hadn't heard before. So I think they did a really good job covering it. Um, Y'all got any thoughts on uh, the brawl for all presentation this week? Yeah. yeah quickly
1: one. Do you, uh, is there, is there even a glimpse a glimpse? I'm sorry, not the word, but is there even an, 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 an option available for, for any of this to not be authentic, considering that the people that's, being interviewed for each one of these shows is is there is there is that is that opportunity does that even exist
3: possibly I think that, that- I think the big thing would just be if there wasn't enough thorough research done to where they just don't get the story right. Yeah, but because, uh, so far these guys have been nailing the stories like really right. well and doing obviously really extensive research and talking to the right people and right. getting that, stuff. Good. That's my that's know.
1: my whole thing for 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 the first three episodes or those four episodes cuz it was a, the first one was a 2-hour thing but whatever three episodes each one had a different tone. I'm loving that and I feel like that all the adequate people that had needs to seat to the table are being presented. Mm-hmm. Thus, I'm concluding that each one of these, each episode is coming off as authentic as it can be. And I don't mm-hmm. feel like there's really no loopholes or narratives in it. Yeah. I will quickly just say about this episode as well. It did have a different tone from last week, as I said. Uh and it was it was it was cool. I think the biggest thing I got away from it is that I had no clue that Jerry Springer is really the true enemy of this whole entire thing.
2: Catalyst. The, yeah, the
1: person <laughs> he the one that who he, ju- excuse me, excuse me. I made a, a a tragic mistake here. Not uh uh Jerry Springer. Judge Springer is the true enemy <laughs> behind all of this. <laughs> Put some respect on my man new occupation here. Uh but I cannot believe that was truly the motivation behind all of this. Ju- uh, Jerry Springer was red hot on tv back back in the day and they thought oh well if that's c- capturing people how about we take this same recipe with a combination of i don't like jbl and bada boom let's murder a <laughs> bunch of people and in their careers so that's kind of that's kind of crazy my
0: only my only thing is just real quick off this episode and as we get to probably future episodes i'm just wondering just and we don't have to go through it now unless we just want to do a quick answer if you're on Cornette's side versus Russo's side. Because the <laughs> argument between those two that's going, I was like, hmm, do I, I side with Jim Cornette or do I side with Ben too, so?
1: I, I'll say this, for the sake of, so that doesn't go long. No, none, nonetheless, regardless of whose side you're picking on, on this, nonetheless, how quickly it became about them. is egotistical as mm-hmm. they both are. Uh-huh. When this, I was looking in the synopsis. I was like, I don't see anything about this being about them at all. But goddamn, you put a mic in front of them, they could not wait right. to, to, to hash that out. That's never gonna be hashed out at all. They're gonna be a foes for the rest of their life, and so be it. But yeah, it, as I said, Jim Cornette and, and as much as they had influence on what happened, <laughs> it became this this episode became quickly about them and it shouldn't have. <laughs> Get the behind-the-scenes footage of that right on their Twitter page right now, because they're probably going at it right
3: now again. Oh, I'm sure. they they trying to get any little spotlight they can get off that episode since they got to be in that one, and who knows if they'll get any more time this season or, or not. I mean, pff, those two are working, everybody, just like just like they always are. Yeah. <laughs> nothing different yeah. about that. But next week. So, yeah, next week. Next week is going to get dark. Next week is going to get dark and it's going to get rough. It's going to be back like the Benoit episode. Next week's episode is going to center around Jimmy Snuka and his girlfriend, Nancy Argentino. And in the 80s, they she was a very well-known wrestling fan. All the boys knew her and she died and Snuka was with her. And it happened in Pennsylvania. And it was a very shady, shady situation. And let's just say that Vince was there. He was involved in a number of ways. And I'm sure the way this series has gone, it is going to be gone into, into all the dirty details. And essentially what happened in a nutshell, I'm not going to give everything away, but it happened in the eighties. Snooka got up, didn't go to jail. Nothing happened. But then years later, it came back around and yeah. it went back to trial and the family stayed on it. And It took a long time for this to be settled, but in the 80s, it was a very different time, and WWE had a lot of stroke, and I'm very curious to see how they handle this, but this is going to be a lot like the Benoit episode, and I think it's going to open a lot of people's eyes, because this is not as well-known a story as Chris Benoit. This is uh, something that was, you know, at the time, I didn't even hear about it till like... God, probably like the late 90s, yeah. roughly. It's definitely not about the time. Minutes, yeah. I was like, we were all kids at the time, or, you know, mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. if even that. So back then, I mean, it was it was one of those regional stories in Pennsylvania, but it's not like it went up like as a big national story back then. So yep. I'm very curious to see how they cover this. And so, I mean, given the job they've done so far, it could be one of the best episodes of the season. So... Mm. Jimmy Snook and Nancy Argentino next Tuesday night on Vice. And then I'm sure the next day, as usual, it will be up on the Vice YouTube channel. So dark side of the ring, continuing to bring the goods. I guess, gentlemen, is there anything else we need to get on into here as we have crossed the finish road to finish line?
2: Have, I just have one question for the audience, and they can always tweet us on Twitter and whatever and, and on Instagram. Absolutely. But my question to the audience is, do we see Dr. Def Steve Williams, like Cornette and the rest of them do, how they had him so high up in terms he is, of yeah. he was a $5 million draw working not, with not in, Austin?
3: Not in 98. The the problem with to, – to, to put the bow on that on the brawl for all episode. The problem was all those guys, they were all betting on him and they were still looking at him as the guy he was in the eighties and he was banged up. His best years were behind him. And the problem did Bart gun is the moment Dr. Death got knocked out. They didn't give a damn about that tournament. No more. Their boy wasn't going to win it. So they didn't care. (laughs) They didn't give a damn about it anymore. And it didn't matter what happened at that point. And a quick second
2: to that also is the fact that they could have pulled it. But the fact that JBL made it to the finals, considering his longevity in the company, actually made me think they also could have pulled it. But because JBL made the finals, maybe they thought, hey, we could turn JBL, John Rashford. They're probably hoping. Yeah, that he would be the one to win and then they can make him a main eventer.
3: Yep. But once it was, if it wasn't going to be JBL, they're not going to care. Yeah, they're like, nope. They weren't gonna do nothing with Bart Gun, but the main thing I think was the moment Dr. Death was out, they, they didn't care anymore. They're like, whatever, that was our whole plan. Don't try to book a shoot. That's the lesson. <laughs> do not try <laughs> to book a shoot. <laughs> uh anything else before we pull the plug here tonight? <laughs> do it. I'm good. <laughs> all right well i guess i'll take us out of here so then for two chains, the giant crab jamal and dad in texas silly Celis, and of course just myself heel will mahoney another week we will hopefully see you back in seven days stay safe wash your hands i don't know what's going to happen in wrestling in the next damn week because we don't know where they're taping we don't know where they're doing any of that stuff so smack down this week that'll be the first taste of new wwe programming so we'll see what's up with that and uh Y'all stay tuned and wash your hands and we will see you later. Thanks for tuning in.